Hey everyone, welcome to Designers Lane Podcast. We're in studio today with a special guest from Francini Marble and Granite. Before I introduce her, I want to make sure and thank my sponsors. Um, first is Jenny Blanton. Um, if you have any real estate needs in Wake County, say Cary, Sanford, Pinehurst area, be sure reach out and give her a call. And then also we want to thank Dogwood and Company, primarily in Southern Wake County, high-end luxury new construction and also remodeling. Give them a call if you've got a project coming up. See if it's something you, they can help you with. I'm sure they can. Back to my special guest from Francini Marble. Mm -hmm. And I've got my little cheat sheet up there, Marble and Granite and right. Nightdale. You recently, guys, um, recently moved. want to give special thanks to Christina Martin. Is that correct? That Did I get correct. all that? Thank you for having me. Wonderful. You're uh, just so welcome to be here, and I'm grateful that you're here. I wanted to bring you on today so we could talk about all these countertop materials. There mm -hmm. seems to be uh, a lot going on and happening. There's porcelain. Um, I'm there frequently with customers and pointing stuff out. And I'm just amazed how they changed <laughs> over um, the last couple of years. In your opinion, what do you think, let's say over the last three years, I know I have my thought, but what's your thought? Because you see so much of it, you're on the professional side of it, the vendor side of it. What's the biggest change that you see? The biggest change for me, in my opinion, is going to be engineered materials. So like you mentioned, porcelain, that is kind of the new and upcoming thing now where quartz, you know, was a big hitter for a long time, still is. Um, but porcelain is is kind of coming to, to the market now. And uh, it's, it's an amazing product. It's beautiful. You've seen it. So porcelain is beautiful. And since you brought that up, I'll ask you a few questions. Sure. Um, what is the typical thickness of a natural stone versus the thickness? of a porcelain? So a natural stone typical for our region is going to be three centimeters thick. Okay? okay. And then the porcelain is 12 millimeters thick, which okay. is a half inch. So for people that don't know, three centimeters is about this, isn't it? About like an inch and a quarter. Inch and a quarter. And the other one's about like that. Very thin. It's the size of almost a regular like a tile. tile. <laughs> um, the size of a tile. Uh, what's beautiful when I've been in your showroom, and we're going to have some pictures a little bit later, is the porcelain. When you book match them, in other words, they look like butterflies. You open up a book and you see the seams. Yep. They do an amazing job. But you and I have had multiple conversations before that it's really about the fabrication. Not everyone can do it. And the right. weird thing is I travel to these builder shows. I travel to the lighting shows and you see these big huge slabs and by the way what size do they come in so they come typically your average size is going to be like a 126 by 64 so that's a big big piece. so about what footage is that so you can i mean so they come in different sizes right so it can be anywhere from 10 to 11 um and then you're looking at four to five wide um and you can order super jumbos you can get smaller pieces if those, you need to there's a lot of there's a lot of custom itself. sizes yeah it is and the purpose i believe um i always take when i show porcelain a lot of people can't believe that they're, they're porcelain that they're printed and i think they're actually printed print. mm -hmm. um, because it's amazing and they use this wonderful technology but it's that you have to cut it and we 
are, I think we fall a little bit behind the West Coast and then probably even New York. And a lot of the pictures, you know, the inspiration pictures that I'm sure people come in and show yeah. you. I know that I get a ton of them. They have these beautiful, well, there's absolutely no seams. Mm-hmm. And it's almost impossible now to tell, you probably can, that is it a natural material right. or is it a synthetic? Is it a porcelain material? And I'm assuming that there is a cost difference or because that porcelain's not cheap. It's not inexpensive at all. Sure. So the material itself, it's not so much the material itself that can become a costly thing. It's more of the fabrication and labor behind it. Right. Because it is a, it's a material, it's a thinner material. It has to be handled differently. It's, it's a tedious job. Um, You know, fabricators spend a lot of time when they're fabricating and getting ready for install on this stuff. So, and and they got to know what they're doing. So um, the, the price, price can go up, but as with anything, if it's superior, then get what you pay for. You're going to pay for it. (laughs) So, and, the porcelain, I believe, a lot of what I've seen, you can miter. Is that correct? Absolutely. So because it's such a thin material, you can miter the edges to give it that thick look. And you can do a, a waterfall, you know, as you see on people's islands where they finish it with a waterfall. Um, that's all in the mitering, which is cutting two edges at a 45 degree angle okay. and basically seaming them together. So okay. it looks like one piece, the vein match flows. Um, but mitering is definitely coming into play when it comes to porcelain. Do you agree that when you have a porcelain countertop that you have to miter the sides because the the quarter inch thin or the thickness or lack of thickness? I've had customers leave it thin before and just polish the edge. Um, most want it mitered. Most want that thicker look. Right. Um, but I have had people just polish the edge and, and leave it thin. It can sometimes add to a modern look a little bit, those sleek lines, you know. Right. Um, but 90% of people will miter. But a lot of times that's where cost comes in too is the mitering of because the mitering isn't cheap to do. It's, it's yeah, hard work. <laughs> the labor cost, it's there. Yeah. And then all the holes, if they come through, have to be figured out in the right location. Of course. I'm assuming they probably burn through a lot of circular tips or however they drill through it. <laughs> right. Because it has to spin fast and it has to be really, really sharp. That's right. Um, I know that you don't necessarily talk about cost because sure. you are a distributor, and we're going to talk about that in a second. Um, but do you agree that this is definitely a higher price point for the material? It's not going to be in the 50 percentile or the bottom 25 percentile right now. Uh, and again, we're going to talk about color coding in a minute. I tell people it's like a triple black, quadruple red dot. <laughs> it's just on up there. Almost should have blue in it right. and the material because it's not always the cost of the material. It looks like that's coming down, you know, year by year. It's the labor. It's the physical labor and who can do it. And not everyone can do it. Right. So, yes, I I, I would consider it to be. A more more expensive material. Um, it is going to be in the more exotic price ranges of things. Um, it might not so much again be the material. It's that labor and fabrication behind it, right? So when they have a natural stone slab where it's already three centimeters thick, they throw it on a saw, they cut it, they install it. There's no extra edge work they have to do or detail. And it also depends on how custom you want to get with the job. A lot of times, mm-hmm. if people are using porcelain, they want to do full height backsplashes or risers or the hood of of, of their oven stove section. Um, it's just more on how custom you want to get with things because the possibilities with porcelain are endless. 
And that's amazing. And that's definitely um, a big, big plus and mm -hmm. a big positive for that. We just need to make sure on the front end, I talk a lot about allowances and budgeting and sure. how much that's done in the front. And that if you only have three or four or $5,000 in allowance for your kitchen, you don't need to be looking at porcelain. You do not. Or either you need to add um, triple the budget that's in there and it right. would look amazing. Or just do it for shower walls. <laughs> just for shower walls, still beautiful. But it's still expensive still, but yeah. it's still, but it looks amazing. Um, jump back a little bit. We talked about the difference between a fabricator and a distributor. And I um, often drive clients around when we do selections or either meet them. And um, I like going to um, Francini to look at the stuff. Um, it's direct. You don't quote prices, um, although you have a colored structure in there. But I always tell clients that you guys are a distributor. You're not Correct. a fabricator. And there is definitely a difference between the two. I tell them that the distributor is we're just going to look at it. You guys are going to be super nice. Give us some water. Let us use the restroom. And then the fabricator is the person that fabricates it. They physically put it together. Can you, um, what did I miss or tell us the difference between the two? You hit the nail on the head. So a fabricator is the person who's going to cut the material and install it into your home. Okay. That is, that is Franchini's direct customer. That is who gets the pricing. That's who gets the dimensions for everything to make sure they have the correct quantities of materials. As the distributor, I strictly import natural stone slabs, porcelain slabs, quartz slabs, um, and I send out full slabs. So right. there's no cutting done at my facility. We don't even have a saw. Um, we don't install. We don't come to your house to measure. All of that is done on the fabricators. Right. So the fabricator is the one who cuts and installs. I'm the one who just supplies it. And what about communication about the material? Um, does that need to be done from the homeowner or the designer to you or to the homeowner and the designer to the fabricator? So you can really take your pick. We're here to educate homeowners. A lot of times they come in and they don't know the process. They don't know what they're doing there. So it's nice to have a helping hand to be able to explain the process, the difference of the materials, what's better for your application. Now, if the fabricator is telling them something different, the fabricator is the person who cuts and installs it and they hear the good, the bad and the ugly. We don't get those phone calls, but we've also all at Franchini been in the industry for quite some time and we work closely with our fabricators. So it's, it's pretty much across the board, the rules of the different materials and what you can and can't do, you know. Who is ultimately responsible for that material? Is it the fabricator or is it you guys? The fabricator. So when um, I show up with my client or the client, God forbid, shows up by themselves mm -hmm. and looks at a material They have this really cool sheet that they fill out and they you send it off to Franchini, sends it off to the fabricator and then it leaves your facility. You guys are no longer responsible for it. So it is between the fabricator and the homeowner or the builder at that point in time. Is that Ab correct? Absolutely. So once once I deliver the materials and it is off my truck. It is no longer any, on any liability or responsibility of Franchini. If it's cut, if they cut the sinkholes wrong, if, you know, some, all of that is on the fabricator. Change our mind. We decide that we want purple instead of green. We want orange instead of yellow. Sorry, Charlie. It's, that's that's on you, your client, and the fabricator. Right. First of all, I would never do purple, <laughs> right. like purple or green countertops, but I agree. I want to um, bring up, and we talked to this about this a little before we started and, and laughed, um, about open toe shoes and flip-flops in the showroom and also what can 
customers expect when they show up. I like bringing my tile samples with me. I tell people not to wear open toe shoes, but expand what is um, if, if someone was fresh that had never been in the facility before, walk them through as soon as they open up the door, you've got this really cool facility now, we'll see a picture of it. What is the expectation or should the expectation be from the homeowner? You will walk in and we will greet you and we are going to start off by what are you here to do today? Are you here to pick for a kitchen? Are you here to pick for a bathroom? Tell us a little bit about your project. Timelines. Is this a bathroom? Are you? Do you know the difference between a marble and a granite? Do you know exactly what you're on the hunt for? Have you seen photos online or on Pinterest or things that you're, you're trying to mimic the look? Right. Um, and then, you know, we'll just ask the appropriate questions. We will guide them out into the warehouse. And uh, we have all of our all of our stones are organized by the type of material. So if you want porcelain, it's in this section. If you want a quartzite, it's in that section. And it's all labeled. It's very clean. Um, it is a working warehouse. So like you said, open-toed shoes, flip-flops, it's probably not the best attire for, for a warehouse like that. All of the slabs are sitting on A-frames and there's feet on the A-frames that do stick out. Mm -hmm. It is easy to trip over it when you're so busy looking up at the stone and you're not looking down. So you need to pay attention, you know, when you're there, just like anywhere. Um, but it, it is a, it's a safe experience. It, it's a good experience. And it, we're, we're there to help educate and kind of help you guide through the process. And you guys do an amazing job on education. I have been around for a hundred years and I still feel like every time that I come in there, I learn something. I'm in awe because you constantly get new material. And that's one of the things that the listeners need to understand is that something that you saw five or six, seven years ago is not what is there today. Often it seems like it's changing every couple of months, something turns different. One quick thing, um, when it comes to uh, looking at the materials in the showroom, I'm hoping you discourage bringing kids because something you brought up, it is a working showroom um, or working warehouse, which means there's this beep, 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 beep all around. Those um, equipment, bobcats or whatever they're called, forklifts are moving these thousand pound slabs. Tell us about bringing pets or children or say anyone that's not a homeowner to the facility? Sure, so children are allowed in the warehouse. However, we ask that you hold their hand the entire process. Again, kids, you know, they'll wander and they're curious and you know, they're in a cool big building and they wanna check things out. I, I get it, but it is a very dangerous warehouse. Um, it, where the A-frames are sitting, there's little pass, pathways in between, mm -hmm. you know, you can cut in between the A-frames. And a lot of times these stones come in, they're not all perfectly square. They have jagged edges. They have sharp edges. I have cut my arm walking through before, so you need to pay attention. We do allow pets on a on a leash, not with ten feet of lead in front of them, um, but we we do allow those things because we have people that come from Florida. I mean, we've had people from New Jersey. We've had people from Chicago, all over to come and select stone before, and they have to bring their families or their pets. You know, sometimes that's what they have to do. Uh, we have little dog treats and water if they want to bring their pets. But um, very nice. Yeah. So, it, but it is a safe facility, but you just got to keep, you know, keep children and, and pets and stuff like that close. I made a joke about the weather. Um, it's non-conditioned in the back, which means if it's really, really hot outside, <laughs> it's more than likely a little warmer inside. But in this new facility, you have super thick concrete walls, mm -hmm. but it's still, if it's warm outside, you have to be prepared that it's going to be warm inside. And if it's snowing outside, you do have heaters that blow heat, but it's still going to be cool. Yep. Um, and I, I'd say we spend maybe what, 30 minutes to an hour in the facility. At most, you have these really cool car 
charts that you can push around Absolutely. Uh, that's in there. So again, be prepared. Always make the joke, you know, dress accordingly that's in there because in the back you have the proper showroom up, or not showroom, but the administrative offices up front mm-hmm. that are really pretty and nice and cool. But once you go through the double doors into the back warehouse, it's there. How large would you say the, the warehouse is where you have the slabs? It looks like it's a couple of football fields. Mm-hmm. We're about 55,000 square feet. That's that's pretty amazing. <laughs> and it, it is, and it is jam-packed. Yeah. Again, one of the reasons we all love kids, we love our pets, is to be very, very aware is that this, uh, if your kid's running around or if your dog's running around and this heavy equipment is moving and you can't control it, often the, the person that's driving that equipment can't hear you and can't mm-hmm. see it. And you can be yelling at the top of your lungs and it's difficult. So it's absolutely a safety measure. And I always encourage people, bring every sample that you possibly can with yes. you. You still have some samples there, um, but it's nice to have your, um, your, your tile. Gosh knows, I have changed my slab selections and my tile selections because I want to be able to see the slab. Right. Um, I also encourage people that um, samples, let's talk about your samples that you have there. So samples are always tough. So I may, you know, if say we, we order a, a container of material and we request samples to be on that container. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that the samples that come on that container are from the block that was purchased, right? So um, there, you know, especially with natural stones, there's shade variances, you know, there's difference in veining and stuff like that. And if you have a full slab that's full of movement and flow and colors and we get a sample, your sample might look nothing like the slab um, or the samples from rubble at the bottom of the quarry that they right. just chopped up to, to give a sample for. So it is, I definitely always try to get customers to bring in your paint swatches, your cabinet doors, your tiles, because it is much easier to bring those in than to bring a slab to somebody's house for them to match things, right? We just can't do that. I tell them all the time, so. and I always ask, you know, this wonderful joke, how do you guys get that slab on the top of a car to take the slab to go look at the tile samples? You <laughs> right. can't. And you're very right. Often um, tile samples, I remember back in the day where they would take a hammer I'm at the fabricator, not the distributor, mm-hmm. and whack the end of the countertop. Oh, yeah. But now some of the um, the slab costs to the homeowner could be $10,000 for the slab. You And you you hit that. You don't really know where it's going to crack. And you don't know um, if it's going to cause a seam to it's, run down the middle of it. And if you cause, hit it right on a vein at, at that at that sweet spot, I mean, you could send a crack through the entire yeah, slab. Yeah, I don't know why they call it a sweet spot. Uh, <laughs> I know. If you split something in half, pretty much that slab is destroyed or either it goes down to very, very small small pieces that's in there. Yeah. You get your lazy Susans out of those. <laughs> there you go. Very nice lazy Susans, but I agree. Has the um the the freight cost increased for you with the cost of the oil and production or are the manufacturers and distributors absorbing that cost? So we are definitely absorbing a lot of those costs. Wow. Um, but freight is looking to get a little bit better. Uh, you know, boats and trucks and everything that goes into logistics are getting a little bit easier to find and right. source. Right. Um, but there, there was a time that it was tough, just like it was for everybody when you go to the grocery store and you couldn't find anything, you know. Right. Um, but it's definitely on, on the up and up. So that's wonderful to hear. And then um, since we're talking about gas and hopefully the um, the cost, the delivery materials, how are we in production now? You know, a year, year and a half ago, I was telling people, look, let's get the countertop selection selected way. It may take 12 or 16 months to build a home. But before I would wait kind of towards the middle of the project and work with the countertop material. Sure. Now, um, as you know, I'm there the day they probably break, break ground for two reasons. 
what if you don't have what I love that's there? Or um, often you've said, hey, we have this, but it's on the water, but it's going to take six months to get here. And I'm like, oh, my God, I need it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Where if we meet ahead of time and that's beautiful and that's what we want, I can certainly wait for that time to come in. Right. So it all comes down to, we have a 30 day hold policy, right? So a lot of times if people are renovating or building, typically building, um, you know, they, they come in eight, nine months before their project is before their cabinets are even ready to be set. Right. And of course, if they find something they have to have and they love it, then I ask for a non-refundable deposit and we will store it safely in our warehouse. But if you change your mind in four months and, and you want a different material, it's a non-refundable deposit. It just is what it is. You know, I have to take it off the floor um, and put it to the side for you type of thing. Now, um, if you come in early enough like that, so you don't see something that you love, but there's a particular look you're looking for, right? A Calcutta or something like that. Right. We can send you options of what what's in production overseas and say, hey, what do you think about these? Of course, to place orders, we have to receive deposits and all of that kind of stuff, but we can go ahead and place the order so that we can get the material here in 30 to 45 days. Um, so there's there's different options of what you can do as far as timelines. Um, but I, I always like to tell people we're here to sell stone, not look at it. So here, it. here today, it. gone tomorrow. Um, you know, I have, I've had customers come in and they see something on, let's say January 1, they come in January 15th and it's all sold and they are just shocked and and you may not get any of it in for I may not. six so or eight months or Im- ever. It's important to leave options, right? Always have a backup option. Don't put all your eggs in one basket because um, things it's not it's a natural product. Things happen. and Well, and I know it being a natural product where I've looked at a material before and then another material a couple of months came in and I've talked to you. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that's the same material. Right. <laughs> it looks completely different. You know, it's like the movement changes, the color sometimes is even different. And which is why I always tell people, touch the slab, put your hands on the slab. Don't just give the fabricator, I want, you know, X slab, because it could vary depending on what part of the country you are, what the um, distributor is, if the fabricator has some leftover that you're using. Absolutely. Physically look at it. And you guys have a really cool technology. We're able actually to send the pictures of the slab. So mm-hmm. at the bare minimum, you can look at it and say, um, and I, I think think last year I had something similar that I needed an extra slab, a slab was damaged. And you sent a picture and I was like, oh my gosh, that just is a completely different run. And we talked and you're like, Eddie, this is absolutely, it's more pink than it is, you know, blue and gray. And there's nothing we can do about it. It's what mother nature is giving us. Get over it. Sometimes it is what it is. And it's out of my control when it's a natural product. I want to talk um, briefly about paying for it. Um, I tell clients all the time today, not so much years ago, that when we find a material and we know that it's the material that we truly want, we need to be prepared or the client needs to prepare to pay for it. And we pay the fabricator. We don't pay you. Um, You in turn obviously get paid by the fabricator. Mm -hmm. But I encourage people and I'm very upfront with them right now that, hey, when we go to the yards and we look at the materials and it's beautiful and we, you know, lick our thumbs and cut our fingers in blood and all touch that that's it. And then there's a really, really good chance that um, you're going to require some sort of payment because Mm -hmm. I like to look at stuff eight, nine months way ahead of time. But doing that, you have to be prepared that that's it. You can't change it. But it also means that it's yours. You're going to hold it. That's right. Um, It's ours. It's not going to disappear. It's not going to get gone. So just wanted to make sure that everyone understands by payment, it means that they're not necessarily going to write you a check right then and there. Right. They're going to um, write it to the fabricator. Yep. Homeowners, builders, architects, designers, none of them pay Franchini. 
any, only the fabricator. I asked the fabricator for that deposit or that payment, and the fabricator is going to ask the homeowner or the builder, whoever their point of contact is for the project. I think that's amazing and highly encourage people that. But if you're wishy-washy, you got a little OCD, you change your mind a lot. <laughs> this is it may, happens. <laughs> it may break you out of that habit because you're you're not going to be able to do it. But certainly in this time frame, especially in um, we've got listeners all around that are listening, but we're based in Wake County, North Carolina, mm-hmm. and you know I'd probably say central, even the mountains to the coast of North Carolina is hot. Uh, materials get sucked up. I know that I'm the first one to walk into a showroom and say, I want all five of those slabs. I don't know what job they're going to go on, but I know I'm going to use them. And I do use them. Uh, and that's risky because I'm, I'm making the assumption that I'm going to be able to sell them. But I also know how difficult it is to get certain materials. And when those certain materials come in, you don't even have to tell me that, Eddie, these are hot and they're going to be right. 12 months before we get them if we can even get them, um, does come at a risk because, you know, I'm going to be out the money. The builder's going to be out the money. Um, the fabricator's not because the fabricator is going to pass that invoice on to someone. But if it's beautiful. Right. If it's the right stone, it's the right stone. But it's also tough, too, to be early, so early, because what if the homeowner decides to add add stone over here or they, they want to do an outdoor kitchen now? Or the now? kitchen changes. Or exactly. I mean, right. you know, sizes, dimensions, cabinetry, like all sorts of things can happen. So we never recommend the homeowner doing that. Of, well, of course. But, because but. it's certainly going to change. And the island could change sizes. Sometimes an inch or two inches makes the biggest difference in the world. Now, you guys have on the sides of the slab the actual dimensions. Are they the usable dimensions usable. or the they are the that usable dimensions? Usable, yes. I'm still a fan of maybe still taking an inch off of that dimension. Mm-hmm. Um, that way, if there's still a little bit of a crack or there's something recovered, but it is nice to know when you're looking at the sides of the slab that those numbers that there, at. it's physically what you have to work with. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. So we're going to jump to um, our photographs and pictures. And then for those of you listening, this is a great way and opportunity to go to YouTube Designers Lane Podcast. You can see these photographs and these pictures um, also with us. Um, so Christina, tell me what we're looking at right here. This is a beautiful material with floating shells. What material is this? So this is a porcelain product and this is called Eternal Gold. This has a polished finish to it. Um, and yes, the floating shelves, they have the mitered edge. So I, I want to say those are maybe five centimeters, five or six centimeters thick. thick. They are very thick. And then you can see the standard three centimeter thickness that of the mitered edge for the front of just the, the base countertop. Um, I think that's absolutely amazing. And again, that is a porcelain. That is hard to believe. It looks like it is a natural material. Now, is there a seam on that large back wall? It looks like it's maybe four feet by eight feet, or is that one solid slab? That is one solid slab. And I believe this is actually in your showroom. It's our break room. It is. (laughs) It's it's beautiful. I absolutely love it. Um, And then our next um, photograph that we have is an amazing, you know, we have this dichotomy now between modern and traditional. This is certainly a little bit more modern or a lot more modern. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And this came from your production team. Uh, What material is this? It looks very similar to what we just looked at. Yep. This is another porcelain material and they went really thick actually on that countertop one. I love that. Um, And then even the boxes and all the wall cladding is also done in porcelain. This is amazing. What I like about this, and one of the applications that's nice with the uh, the porcelain is it looks like the sinks are actually fabricated out of the same material. They sure are. That's that's amazing. And again, you guys don't do this. The fabric 
coordinator needs right. to do it. And I would highly encourage the listeners that if you know that you're going to do a modern sink or something like this, to let your builder know way ahead of time, because this this just didn't happen overnight. Very intricate work. It takes um, <laughs> some planning. It's very intricate work. You have the plumbing, you have the piping um, that comes out of the bottom that you don't want to see. This is amazing. I love it. And I mean, is this in your house? It's gorgeous. I mean, <laughs> I it's wish. Just, it's really, really nice. I look at this and I'm like, where the heck is the water? But when you, those who can physically look at the picture, it's the new one that hangs down out of the top. It's just amazing. Again, definitely modern, some time process. Even the cube that's on the right looks like it's all a synthetic or porcelain material. Right, right. I kind of like how it gives it balance too. It does. <laughs> it is. Although it's very asymmetrical, it's balanced. Yeah. I love it. think it's absolutely amazing. So our next photograph, our next picture that we have, um, which has your lovely name, I wanted to point this out and put it up for the fireplace because a lot of people yeah. only think that um, the materials go in kitchens and bathrooms, but they can certainly go on a fireplace facade. Uh, I think that has itself to lend a little bit more modern. Um, it could certainly be traditional, but tell us about this material. So this material is a quartzite and it is called Alexandrita. And actually, um, for those of you listening, you can't see it, but it, it's a it's a green stone, almost like an emerald green base with white veining going through it. And the white veining is actually translucent. So if you wanted to put lights behind it, you could backlight it, make it glow, give it a pop. Um, but Beautiful this, material. It, it's gorgeous. And what I'm just now noticing with this is the veining, which is a major part of this. That's more than one slab because it would take 10 helicopters and a forklift to get it in the house. But yet the veining doesn't stop. Would you consider this still book matching or is it does it have another name? This is probably book matched. This was not a job done in Raleigh. Okay. Um, but I would say that one is probably book matched, to be honest with you. And again, this is something that really needs to be thought out way ahead of time. Mm -hmm. I mean, like the second you break ground that, hey, this is what we want. Because again, this is a heck of a lot more than painted sheetrock. Mm -hmm. um, and <laughs> I don't know how in the heck they got, for those listening, the, the fireplace is probably 18, 20 feet tall, um, eight or nine feet wide. And it's all covered in this natural, and you called it quartzite material? That is a quartzite. And if this was done on the West Coast, there's thinner natural stones. They, okay. they do a lot of two centimeter, three centimeter is pretty standard thickness for, for the Raleigh area. Um, but that could also be thinner, so it's easier to install as well, because that's a lot of weight. <laughs> it is a tremendous amount of weight. I, yeah, we've got to make sure you have plenty of air in your tires right. when they drive that to the house. But it's it's amazing and beautiful. And what was the name of it again? Alexandrita Quartzite. Okay, I'm not going to try and pronounce that again. But <laughs> listeners, if you like green, uh, it's almost has a little bit of an emerald flavor to yes. it. Look it up it's and then beautiful. see. Uh, what it is. And our next slide, I believe, is actually a slab of this material. Yep, that's a full slab. And what's amazing is this is the same material, but yet it's a little bit lighter um, than the other. And again, it goes to show that um, Mother Nature made this. It's going to have some variation to it. Beautiful. This also has some gray, I think, with the gray um, backsplash, white cabinets, gray cabinets would be stunning with this. And again, everybody's worried about something that's not going to, you know, go out of trend in a year or two or look bad. This is amazing. I think if you do it right, it will look flawless forever. Absolutely forever. Our next lab, 
our next, not slab, but next photograph again is an amazing, more modern bathroom. We have wall mount faucets on the back and then double sinks. So um, big descriptive words. It's one long piece, side strings, uh, side sinks. What's this material? This is all porcelain. So the backsplash is all porcelain. It is Calcutta gold with a matte finish. Um, and they did a Marquina polished for the countertops and the floating shelf underneath it, um, which is a kind of a nice balance of contrast, you know, in my personal opinion. Sure. I think they look really sharp together. Um, but yeah, that's also porcelain. What's the difference between polished and matte? So matte is going to, okay, polish is going to be very reflective, right? So if you see lights and stuff like that bouncing off of it, the matte finish is going to dull those out for you. Sometimes it can be a little more forgiving. It can hide a little bit more. Glares, reflections, dust, fingerprint smudges, so on and so forth. Right. Um, but both are a beautiful application. Beautiful mix. I, I laugh at the size of these mirrors. Um, <laughs> I would love them because I wouldn't be able to see my entire body out of it but very nice beautiful small. and i love the the whole backsplash he did the whole back wall in it and mm-hmm. the um the mixture the dichotomy of the the shiny and the not shiny uh, is amazing and actually just to throw in here the backsplash had to be seamed in two pieces and the seam is done behind the black countertop with the sink so that you don't even see it again it's really thinking, creative thinking and planning out and mm-hmm. someone has borderline ocd because they folded those towels very nicely Our next slab, this I just wanted to show how it comes in. It's on these slabs and how that's rough and chunks. You know, you talked about you move it to the inside, how it's rough if you walk by it and it scratches your arms. And again, these could be thousands of pounds of material. And you don't want to be anywhere near that bad boy um, when it's being moved. And quite frankly, you're not allowed to be. Correct. Uh, So it has to move. But this is beautiful and this represents and shows um is that protection that you have around sort of the the rouge or the gathered um on the slats that's holding it up right so what we don't want are those sharp jagged edges cutting basically cutting into the straps um so we use those protective sleeves so that way we're protecting the straps we're not cutting into them we're not weakening them we're keeping it as strong and safe as possible i think it's absolutely beautiful i love that material do you know the name of that material that is tesoro bianco and that is a marble that is a marble that is a marble so um you know there's often i get questions about marbles it 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 etches or it's a little bit more delicate can you explain that it is more of a softer more porous material so meaning it's more likely to stain an etch etch is where an acidic can basically buff off the shine of it so you'll have dull spots um but marble is a beautiful application it's a timeless look it's what everybody's going after um and as long as you understand the kind of material that you're getting you should be okay it is a little bit more maintenance you have to pay attention to it more um and it's an investment so you need to make sure that you're making the proper investment for yourself uh but marble is a great product a lot of people sometimes will put it more in bathrooms and kitchens if they're afraid of it in the kitchen and it all depends do you cook do you clean a lot are you on top of your guests? You know, do you lay your spaghetti spoon down right on top of messy? it? Stuff like that. So right. it, it all it, it's relative to your lifestyle. It is. I think it's amazing. And I always tell people just like any other thing that you do floors. If you love it, do it. Just pay attention a little bit. Often this definitely costs a little bit more money. Um, you're going to keep it clean. And I always tell people the big thing is that if you spill red wine or you dump tomato um, paste or juice on it, wipe it up relatively quickly. Don't leave it there overnight. Your aesthetics and, and sealing it. And sealing it is definitely a big factor. I I go to Europe. I try to go to Europe as much as I can to get inspirations and ideas. And there's marble that's been down for hundreds of years. Oh and it's and it's stunning. And it's okay. That's part of the character. Mm-hmm. Things you know happen to it. So I always tell people, do what you love and make it 
beautiful and something that you own and love. Yep. I used to actually live in Venezuela and uh, there's natural stone everywhere. The walls, the floors, you know, everything you see, it's beat up though. I mean, but it's just gorgeous. It just, it holds the look of the timeless, classy, I don't know. It's and just, it is timeless. It's a natural it's stone gorgeous. that lasts forever. Um, this is a great picture of a kitchen. Um, and then what I wanted to do here, I believe this is Artemis. If I'm wrong, just acknowledge that I'm right and we won't tell anyone. I just wanted to show a miter joint in a kitchen. Um, yep. And here, how we have the thicker edge detail and um, the, the island's a little bit thicker. The perimeter is a little bit smaller and how it works. And again, that there are materials that work a little bit better to do the miter edge than other ones. But again, knowing on the front side that we have to do it uh, and then make that happen. And if you're doing mitered edges and thick edges, I know it's hard to see to the people only listening, but there's a vein that goes on the top of that island and it comes down on the side. Mm -hmm. It's very important to make sure that the size of the slab that you're choosing, if you plan on mitering the edge, that you're accounting for that drop down edge to make sure that the veining flows and matches up because you don't want a vein at the bottom and then a vein at the top not meeting up. So it defeats the whole purpose. Exactly. And, I, and so what we would do is if say the island is six feet wide and the drop of the miter joints, the thickness is going to be say two and a half or three inches. Mm -hmm. We need to add that distance to each side. That's and I right. still like to add another half inch or an inch for play factor that's in there. Always so that, be safe. <laughs> yeah, always to play it safe. But I agree. And of course, this is the exterior of your lovely space. Um, Francini Incorporated Marble and Granite and I love it. How long have you guys been at this new location? We have been at the new location I think going on three years. It's so, three, three and a half maybe? To me that's relatively yesterday. Um, some yeah. people that may seem yeah. like an attorney so, attorney so I agree eternity so I agree that that's there. What are the locations that you know of that Francini is in? It's just not one stop in Nightdale and that's it. It seems like it's a pretty big brand. So we started in 94 in Sun Valley, California and then we have eight locations nationwide. So West Coast in the middle, we, we have a new location in Denver, Colorado, and we have three locations in North Carolina alone. What are your locations in North Carolina? Wilmington, North Carolina, Raleigh, Nightdale, North Carolina, and Kernersville, which is right outside of Greensboro, North Carolina. Wonderful. So the people that may be listening to and from Charlotte, um, that would be yep. a good location yep. um, also to look at. That's right. That's amazing. They are beautiful. And I love your new, whoever did your elevations in your building did an amazing job. It's fantastic. We're happy with it. <laughs> yes, I think it's wonderful. I love it. Christina, we are coming to the end of our time. I can't begin to thank you enough. It's been amazing. Thank you. And I laugh. I'll probably see you in a, well, I won't see you next week because hopefully I'm going to be out of town. I'll see you soon. Though. I'll see you soon <laughs> afterwards. That's wonderful. Um, for our listeners, um, can we give them your, and say it slow, and if we've got to spell it out, how can they find you maybe by looking at your uh, website and then if there's an Instagram or anything like that? So we are all over social media. Uh, Fran Francini Marble and Francini is F R A N C I N I. Um, and our website is www.francinimarble.com. So you can find all of our locations, live inventory, installed photos, care and maintenance, everything to help. Love it. So it's almost RT real time. I've yes. learned that from one of my nephews the other day. I don't know what the heck <laughs> RT meant. It's real time. Well, I That's just learned something new also. It is. That is wonderful. And then do, um, real quick before we finish this one, does anyone need to make an appointment when they come out? Um, can they just show up? Is it a little bit better to call? 
call you and give you a little bit of notice? They can show up if, if they have, you know, more questions. Maybe somebody hasn't educated them already on either the process or the different kinds of materials. Sometimes an appointment can help if you if you need a little bit more attention, which is fine. Um, Saturdays, we always like to request appointments. You know, we're a little less staffed on Saturdays, so we just want to make sure that we have enough people there to help. Um, That's so. amazing. You're open on Saturdays. I know that you Nine answer my one. emails all the time, but I yeah. know that you're not sitting behind a desk. Right. <laughs> what are your hours on Saturday? Nine to one and then Monday through Friday, eight to five. That's amazing. Thanks again, everyone. Be sure and check out Francini. Um, whether you're in Wilmington or you're in Raleigh and the Charlotte area and all those other, would you say 15 other locations? Uh, we're at eight right now eight. and growing. So. And growing. Mm -hmm. It is. Check them out. And then also they need to bring you up to their fabricator. Yes. That's how it works. That's in there. So amazing. Thanks again. And we will talk to everyone soon. Sounds good. Thank you so much. I'd like to talk about my terrific three tips that I want you to remember while you're building your house and designing it and potentially meeting with your vendors. First one is the return placement for your HVAC. HVAC stands for your heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. And then your return placement is this lovely grate that goes in the wall. It's usually about two feet by two feet or two feet by three feet. Most of the homes on the first floor, they go in the walls. Other ones, they can go in the ceiling. Really want you to think about the placement is that it can't go behind a piece of furniture. It needs to have airflow. There needs to be distance around it. Really want to think about that placement. This particular vendor is going to have a certain distance that needs to be away from the thermostat, from other supply lines. There's a little bit of play of where it needs to go, but it's definitely a great idea to know where this is going to happen. And the fact that it may not work in the area, I'm not a big fan of having it in major focal point. That would be the foyer. If I'm sitting on a sofa, I don't want to you know, see it. Or it can't go behind a TV cabinet. If you have this really beautiful um, sideboard or buffet-looking console and you have those nice big television and sconces on both sides, you can't have it behind that. It's not going to draw properly. And if you have to change those filters, oh my goodness, you don't want to move this 300 piece of furniture. Uh, so make sure that you think about that. And also what the material is. Do you want to paint it um, or do you want to leave it as typically it's white metal? If it's wood, there's some magnificent options. You can actually paint it your wall color and it will go away. So consider and think about the return placement or your um, uh, register for your HVAC and consider where your furniture placement is going to be. Number two, your backsplashes, whether in your kitchen, your bar area or your bathrooms. Usually there are two options, two. You can run the countertop material about four, four and a half inches tall that's on the back. Typically we need a backsplash wherever there's going to be water. So you can have it on the side and you can have it on the back. Or do you wanna do tile? And then you're not gonna have a countertop material that's on there. I'm a big fan of having, if you do a tile backsplash, run that tile backsplash all the way from your countertop, all the way up as high as it can go to the bottom of your cabinet or the full height of your wall if you have the, um, the budget or the allowance for it. Make sure that you understand those two and know them ahead of time. That's gonna help in your budgeting and your allowances. It's also gonna help with the fabricator. I think it's really, really nice when you lay everything out to have this noted, maybe pick a color, highlight it out where it's going to go. This helps tremendously in the process and is a super big deal to have this noted and an understanding. Third and final tip for today, the edge details and overhangs for your countertops. 
If you have a countertop, um, say in your bar area or in your kitchen, you need to understand what the overhang is, how deep it is, what type of brace you're gonna have. Are you gonna use a bracket or a brace that you see? Um, they make these really cool um, units now that they're hidden, they go up underneath. Usually after about five or six, seven inches, they're gonna want, the fabricator is gonna want some type of support that when you put pressure down on top of your countertop material that it doesn't snap and it doesn't break. So be very aware. Nice depth is about 12, 13 inches to have for your countertop to be able to put bar stools. If you don't have bar stools, there's absolutely no reason to have any overhang at all. Make sure it stops about inch, inch and a half, inch and three quarters overhang, and you will be safe and it will look amazing. Don't forget your edge details to let your fabricator know there are multiple types that you can look at. You can have an ease, you can have square, you can have OG, you can have bullnose, you can have demi bullnose, there's all kinds out there. So make sure you're very crystal clear on what those each, each details are gonna be for the edging of your countertop materials, especially if it's a natural stone and everything will work out well. Hey guys, don't forget to remember we, we're on YouTube. So if you want to watch this, you can watch it. If you're um, on our multiple platforms where you can't watch it and you listen to it, always going to ask you to subscribe. Um, Designers Lane Podcast, and I'm Eddie Ryder. And we're always looking for listeners. And if you subscribe and you hit that button, every time there's a new drop or a new podcast, you'll get an alert and you have the ability to listen to it at your own time frame, which is amazing. Absolutely amazing. I want to take this time to thank my sponsors, Jenny Blanton. She's going to take care of all of your real estate needs if you're in Central North Carolina and Dogwood and Company. Southern Wake County, if you're building a luxury home, doing a major remodel, give them a call, Dogwood and Company, see if it's something they can help you out. Thanks again. I'm Eddie Ryder. We'll talk to you soon. Y'all have a great day.